Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. There are some poems that, like songs or scripture verses, make their way under my skin. Their words come back to me in mundane moments, making coffee and oatmeal for breakfast, and in moments of choice. The poem that we started looking at together last week by Donna Markova is one like that that gets me. I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose to inhabit my days to allow my living to open me, to make me less afraid, more accessible to loosen my heart until it becomes a wing, a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance, to live so that which came to me as seed goes on to the next as blossom, and that which came to me as blossom goes on as fruit. I first heard that poem here in a benediction from Reverend Kim somewhere about six years or so. I imagine some of you have heard it here too over the years. My spirit lifted the first time I heard it. Especially that part about living so that the things I touch come into fuller bloom for those who come after me. One of my role models, Muppets creator Jim Henson, puts the idea simply, I want to leave the world a better place than I found it. But it's the line in the middle of the poem which has always eluded me. I choose to risk my significance. Risk your significance. Significance is being worthy of attention, being important. And this poem has always reminded me of my own significance, about the possibility that my life has to be of significance. What could it mean to risk my significance? The poem has worked its way into my life over these past several years, helping it bloom into something I do want to pass on to future generations. But this line has stuck out like the thorny bush on my walkway, the one that snags my sweater and makes me stop to consider it when I'm most oblivious. So let's consider it. What if risking our significance meant removing our own ego and reputation from an end result? 
What if it meant doing something that leaves the world a better place than we found it without needing to be recognized for it? I was talking about this idea with Liz Weber, another Arlington Street Church member, and she recounted this story from author Annie Dillard. Dillard writes, when I was six or seven years old, growing up in Pittsburgh, I used to take a precious penny of my own and hide it for someone else to find it. It was a curious compulsion. For some reason, I always hid the penny along the same stretch of sidewalk up the street. I would cradle it at the roots of a sycamore, say, or in a hole left by a chipped off piece of sidewalk. Then I would take a piece of chalk and, starting at either end of the block, draw huge arrows leading up to the penny from both directions. After I learned to write, I labeled the arrows, surprise ahead, or money this way. I was greatly excited during all this arrow drawing at the thought of the first lucky passerby who would receive in this way, regardless of merit, a free gift from the universe. But I never lurked about. I would go straight home and not give the matter another thought until some months later, I would be gripped again by the impulse to hide another penny. A child taking such joy in creating joy for another, but not needing to be there to see the result or be recognized for it. She chose to risk her significance, to live so that which came to her as seed went on to the next as blossom, and that which came to her as blossom went on as fruit. What of our justice work? What might it mean to risk our significance as we work to change systems of oppression? I don't know how many of you experience this, but when I look at a justice issue and envision how I can leave the world a better place than I found it, my mind goes to projects I could start, initiatives I could begin, actions I could design. You know, probably the kind of actions where it's somehow significant that I did something to make the situation better. I think in many ways, this has to do with the way we present our heroes. Social and political activist Paul Rugat Loeb offers up the example of Rosa Parks. The story many of us have heard about her was Rosa Parks was the woman who wouldn't go to the back of the bus. She wouldn't get up and give her seat in the white section to a white person. That set in motion the year-long bus boycott in Montgomery, and it earned Rosa Parks the title of Mother of the Civil Rights Movement. Surely, Parks' action, not giving up her seat, was one that left the world a better place than she found it. By taking an action and being willing to get arrested for it, she lived so that which came to her as seed 
went on to the next as blossom. But Loeb reminds us that when we tell her story this way, we create a standard so impossible to meet that it may actually make it harder and more intimidating to get involved in justice work. It makes it seem like social activists come out of nowhere to suddenly take dramatic actions. It implies that we act with the greatest impact when we work alone. And that change occurs instantly, as opposed to building on a series of often invisible actions. The myth of Parks as a lone activist reinforces a notion that anyone who takes a committed public position or action, or at least an effective one, has to be a larger-than-life figure, someone with more time, energy, courage, vision, or knowledge than any normal person could ever possess. This belief pervades our society in part because the media tends not to represent historical change as the work of ordinary human beings, which it almost always is. Before refusing to give up her bus seat, Parks had been active for 12 years in the local NAACP chapter, serving as its secretary. The summer before her arrest, she had attended a 10-day training at Tennessee's Labor and Civil Rights Organizing School, the Highland Center, where she'd met an older generation of civil rights activists and learned about the wins and successes of previous actions that challenged segregation. In short, Rosa Parks didn't make a spur-of-the-moment decision. She didn't single-handedly give birth to the civil rights efforts. She was part of an existing movement for change at a time when success was far from certain. She was someone who showed up and kept showing up. This in no way diminishes the power and historical importance of Park's refusal to give up her seat but it reminds us that this tremendously consequential act, along with everything that followed, depended on all the humble and frustrating work that Parks and others undertook earlier on. It also reminds us that Parks' initial step of getting involved, of showing up to a meeting or a protest, was just as courageous and critical as the action on the bus that all of us have heard about. To risk your significance is to show up time after time and be willing to keep taking the small actions that, with others, add up to great power and change. To risk your significance is what our introit, the song earlier, reminded us I was raised up believing I was somehow unique, like a snowflake, unique among snowflakes. And now after some thinking, I'd say I'd rather be a functioning cog in some great machinery serving something beyond me.
To risk your significance is to be more interested in being a part of a movement far beyond ourselves and to be willing to, be the hum to do the humble and necessary work of showing up and being useful. In my mind and heart, our poem, I Will Not Die and Unlive Life, is always partnered with Marge Piercy's poem, To Be of Use. The poem reads in part, I love people who harness themselves, an ox to a heavy cart, who pull like water buffalo with massive patience, who strain in the mud and the muck to move things forward, who do what has to be done again and again. I want to be with people who submerge in the task, who go into the fields to harvest and work in a row and pass the bags along who are not parlor generals and field de deserters, but move in a common rhythm when the food must come in or the fire be put out. The work of the world is common as mud. Botched, it smears the hands, crumbles to dust. But the thing worth doing well done has a shape that satisfies clean and evident. Greek amphoras for wine or oil, Hopi vases that held corn are put in museums, but you know they were made to be used. The pitcher cries for water to carry and a person for work that is real. right now is the time is ripe to be of use. While I was taking a break from writing this sermon, I wandered over to Facebook, as one does. I read a post from Aisha Ansano, First Church Boston, around the corner from us, incoming ministerial intern who's preaching right now at this very moment, just a few blocks away. And with serendipity, her post made the perfect sermon illustration. She writes, I am holding myself accountable to getting involved in work I find important. I signed up to volunteer for a political campaign and donated the small amount I can right now. I signed up to support Black Lives Matter Cambridge, ask, asking to be called on to help make food, give rides, and provide childcare at events. When I wanted to quote an amazing quote from a fierce black woman I heard MC a reproductive rights rally a while ago, I finally found her name and found out that she is the first woman of color ever elected to the Boston City Council. So I signed up for her updates so I can know what she's up to and what I can do to make sure she keeps doing her work. All of these are little things, she writes, but they lead to potentially larger things, and those things matter to me. Posting it here helps me be accountable not only to myself, but to all of you. And so, my dear spiritual companions,
Where are you willing to risk your significance? To be a functioning cog in some great machinery, serving something beyond us, to be of use. We will not die unlived lives. We will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. We choose to inhabit our days, to allow our living to open us, to make us less afraid, more accessible, to loosen our hearts until they become wings, torches, promises. We choose to risk our significance, to live so that which came to us as seed goes on to the next as blossom, and that which came to us as blossom goes on as fruit. So may it be. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.